What's going on, guys? It is Mason Flippin, and I'd like to introduce you to our new talk show, The Toolshed Talk Show. This is going to be episode one. Uh, the topic we will be talking about today is what it's like living on a college campus in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, so today I have with me my roommate, Nathan Laurel. Hi, I'm Nathan. So let's just kind of start off with, like, what was your feeling coming into the semester? I mean... Honestly, my family was pretty scared with Rona, so it was kind of interesting actually going out for once and being a part of an actual school year, even if there is um, accommodations for COVID, but I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, we had to take the pre-screening thing before we got here, so yeah. I was like, everyone's going to be pretty safe, and... I mean, I guess not. I still got quarantined after a week, and that was after the pretest too. Yeah. No, I think in hindsight, the pretest were a good idea at first, but when they thought about it after, it, like if you think back about it, they gave those tests before anyone came here. So you're giving a test to somebody that's about to get on a plane or drive or come from a different town and still has a chance of exposure and call them safe. I was kind of just like a lapse in judgment to me. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a risk they had to take because they're going to get students no matter what. Mm -hmm. But they did deny students um, eligibility to actually come into Baylor if they were uh, tested positive. Yeah. So they definitely did stop some exposure, but it definitely wasn't a foolproof plan. But I don't think any plan is going to be completely foolproof. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I kind of think that they started off a lot more rough. Like, they had to get some kinks worked out in their plans first. But I feel like now they're they're slowly working their way to being, like, pretty able to handle everything. Yeah, I mean, of course, because no one's ever done this before. And Baylor definitely wanted to be the first university to actually have school after all this was happening. So of course there were going to be a couple bumps in the road, but it worked out pretty good. I mean, there was like one or two little exposures, but they contained it relatively well. Yeah. And like our cases are already dropping too, which is a very good sign. Yeah. Um, I think that the school year started out pretty like what just happened because uh, I don't know if anyone else saw it, but on the first day that uh, most of the freshmen were back to school, there was like a ma mass gathering of people playing, uh, what is it, spike ball out by Fountain Mall, no mass, no social distancing. And it really just made you think, well, how long do we really have on campus? How long do we have till it shuts us down? Yeah, no kidding. That day I was out there at Fountain Mall when all that was happening. That was actually my last day there before I had to quarantine and it was it definitely seemed so stupid like as soon as I saw that and I went into quarantine I didn't think I was coming out of quarantine like there's no way school is gonna last two weeks if people kept acting like that but somehow people ended up getting their act together one way or another whether it be through Baylor closing people down or people being scared or just being smart for once yeah I think what was really confusing for a lot of people was to have Baylor put that out on their social media, bashing and showing the bad example, 
to then literally the next night throw a party at Fountain Mall handing out cookies and milk. Like, I get that's a tradition, but you're in a gripe at people for doing the exact same thing you're doing because there was no social distancing. Yes, they had masks on, but still, yeah. there was no control. But to be fair, on Baylor's point, they did have a lot of workers there trying to social distance everyone. And what we showed up 15, 10 minutes late to that thing because mm-hmm. who doesn't want free cookies, right? Yeah. And they, as soon as we got our food, we were like, should we sit out here or should we go back to dorm? And before we were even able to make our decision, there was people like, you guys have to go back to your dorm. You can't stay out here. Yeah. Um, I think what the first big milestone for, like, coronavirus cases here was the outbreak in your section. Because there wasn't ever, like, a really big amount of cases that came out of it. But that was the first time I had heard, like, personally of anyone getting exposed. Yeah, no. Uh, it's probably... Probably wasn't the smartest thing, but we were the first cases, so that was kind of like scary to go through because they didn't have a plan for us. Mm-hmm. And I mean, um, it was like you said, this this girl took her pre-screening COVID test. Uh, she went into contact with someone a couple days later, and she came back negative on her test, but she had gotten uh, corona because she was seeing people after. Uh, she took the test and before she got here to Baylor. Yeah. No, I think that that really helped overall because it was such a small group. Uh, it really like brought out and brought forth all of the mistakes and the loopholes and the potholes and just every like little thing that went wrong with their plans that they had been working on over the summer. I think that really was like the best case scenario because you look at something like uh, Martin Hall, they had a spike in just like four days they went from three active cases in the entire building to 20 something on the third and fourth floor alone and when they handled that i mean they they had them like on lockdown and it kind of pissed me off a little bit when i saw like all of them like holding stuff out the windows like just still just not being the brightest bunch in the baylor university because they were trying so hard to keep it from spreading like did you see the videos uh of them like holding out sacks for food and getting food delivered to them like i mean it was crazy yeah yeah i saw that but i mean it doesn't matter how hard baylor tries it all depends on the student's mindset Mm. and i mean those are just college kids teenagers most mostly yeah and they're just they they don't care because they're not going to be really affected by it so it's just a hard circumstance to go through. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think that was when I really decided that Baylor had a handle on it because even after all that happened, you you saw how much time and effort they were putting into making sure that they were controlling the spike there. Um, they gave each resident, no matter uh, what room they were in, if they had come into contact with anybody, they gave every single person on the second and, or the third and fourth floor um, three tests per day: breakfast, lunch, dinner. They give them three tests. Three per tests day. a day for four days straight. I did not hear about that, and they definitely did not do that for me. But I don't know if those were just the people that tested positive, or everyone who might have just came in contact. Mm. I mean, 
I quarantined out of safety. I tested negative, and I continued to test negative. I had to go through a pre-screening every day, which I would fill out with no symptoms, whatever. And I still had to wait the 14 days. And they also have the isolation centers if you do yeah. test positive. So that that was a good idea for them to think of. It's just hoping that there's not an outbreak big enough to max out those isolation centers. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, right now, they're like 96% not full so that's like four percent of all the beds taken and that is like insane it really shows you how much they prepared for it and how much i think worse they thought it would be than what we got yeah i mean it's better to think it's going to be worse and it not being worse than you thinking oh it's going to be this much and then exceeding your expectations and sending everyone home anyways yeah um i really want to like commend like miss livingstone president livingstone uh just everybody that's like been in charge and like the missions department with delivering food like when they were delivering food to you they were always checking in making sure you're okay there's always just been a lot of like support and like you don't have to feel alone you you all you know there's someone there yeah no kidding i mean it's not even just the staff too I would have kids from my sections or just people that I had just barely met for like the past five days asking me if I was okay and how I was doing. My te- my band director that t- that advised me to quarantine asked me every single day how I was doing and if I needed anything. I even had my guidance counselor come up to me and call me and text me and making sure everything was okay. And yeah. those aren't family members and those aren't people that have to do anything for you and yet they're still there yeah i think that it really has been a comforting feeling knowing that baylor isn't taking it as a like laughing matter they're taking it seriously like for example fiji they threw what one two parties in a weekend no more they're suspended i don't don't know what is still happening with them i think it's still up in the air but just to see how like no matter who you are, what background, uh, whatever like you think you are, they're going to take the students that are behaving and actually care about each other over the party-throwing craziness. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard because the kids want a normal semester, but yeah. this isn't a normal semester. There's a pandemic going on, and people kind of just got to think a little more, which... I think people are getting accustomed to already. I mean, I remember seeing a bunch of people that were wearing their masks wrong or just not wearing one at all because it was hot outside, which is a stupid reason not to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that anymore. Everyone's covered and everyone's like with the dynamic stations or they have stuff prepared. Yeah. Um, and the th- thing to me was, when it was hot outside, yes, I get it. I mean, this is coming from somebody who has an autonomic nervous system dysfunction. If I can handle the heat, something that my body struggled with for like 10 years now, I think everyone is just about capable to wear that mask while they're walking to class. No one's gonna get mad at you if you like pull it down over your nose while you're walking by yourself, just so you can breathe a little better. But I mean, if you're just walking without one, that's just like, just utter like, 
hey, I'm not following your rules. I don't care about what you say kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like disrespect to a yeah. point. But I don't think the kids are thinking about it like that. They're just like, who cares? I'm not next to anyone for right now. I want my mask down. And then they forget about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, it's – I get they want to hang out and have fun. But at the same time, you can do that on a small scale and still get to know people and still enjoy yourself. Uh, our roommate – or some – people down the hall that live from us uh they're we've gotten to know them really well and they're super like entertaining and very friendly and you don't have to worry about it if you social distance and wear your mask you can meet as many people as you want you just have to be smart and responsible with how you do it and take into consideration the health and the safety of all the other students i mean it's almost at a point where you could argue it's safe enough that you don't need that stuff because people will eat together and they will be in closed proximities, like someone else's dorm room, and they'll tell you it's okay to take off your mask. Yeah. And people will still end up social distancing as long as, for just a period, they will social distance. Yeah. And there's still no outbreaks. Mm-hmm. I think that the the real like start of the outbreak when we got, I think we peaked at like 400 active cases on campus. I think we're approaching like less than 100 right now. I think that really just the amount of control they had on it really showed, hey, we're here for the long haul and how prepared Baylor really was for us. Yeah, I mean, they were even thinking way ahead. It's September and they closed down spring break. Mm -hmm. And even in the summer when they announced this fall semester, they said no school after Thanksgiving because someone could definitely catch – COVID in a week when they go back to wherever they came from. Mm-hmm. And so it was definitely smart of them. It might make it a little harder or inconvenient for the teachers and the students, but in the long run, it keeps Baylor with a good reputation and less cases overall. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that the lack of break that we have is also a good thing because it doesn't allow some of the more party-heavy students on campus to go have time and spend time and party that they have to think about school and there is no break and so once they leave they have two months if they catch it whatever or they have an entire month to recover from it and it really just like Baylor planned out well with their scheduling to allow time for cases to go back down before the break yeah and I mean hopefully there's going to be some sort of vaccine coming out pretty soon I mean we've been saying that since March when all this started and no one thought that COVID was going to last all the way to the spring the next year so yeah we're already uh, we will be coming out with uh, episode 2 soon thank you for coming on the show Nathan yeah thanks for having me mm-hmm. and I uh, pre- hope you guys enjoyed this has been the Toolshed Talk Show episode 1